Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that harkens back to the days when our host was young and handsome. Well, at least he was young. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, reminding you, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this show. So if you're not, go ahead, click it off. Okay, done. And on this week's show in Pipe Parts, uh, I've got a review of uh, Solani Blend 369. And then my guest is uh, Jason Smith. Jason is one of those uh, journeyman pipe smokers and uh, somebody who I've gotten to see at a past couple of pipe shows. So we get to hear, we get to talk to him. Um, music from <laughs> music, because last week I was supposed to play this, but I'm an idiot and I forgot. So we have uh, music from uh, Kyle the Pipe Professor. And then mailbag and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, Check out the uh, Pipe and Tamper, the uh, podcast with Mike Murphy and Jay Furman, because uh, this week's episode is um, me talking about the Las Vegas International Pipe Show. And uh, for those that don't want to listen, just remember, we are giving away uh, two people, one that books a table and one that books their attendance, or their, you know, just a show attendee. Uh, we're giving away three free nights in uh, the hotel that we- for that weekend. So if you book everything book your reservation at the hotel book your reservation for the show do that all by july 1st and you will be entered to win three nights that weekend in the hotel at the palace station a little or a little advance uh, booking offer to help you out with uh, helping us fund the show because you know the payments are due in advance and you know right now as we're talking i think i've already spent um seventeen thousand dollars on the show in october so helps if you uh, pay in advance, you know, helps us. And you could win three nights for free that weekend. And we will let you know in advance of the, you know, in advance of the show opening if you won. So you'll have extra money to spend at the show. All right. So let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new, innovative series. Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, blend review time, and this one is uh, Solani 369. I was gifted this tin because I'm pretty sure that's the only way I would have gotten it. 
Uh, and uh, Solani Blue, or 369, is described on the back label as a medium-bodied but incredibly rich fruity blend of a high percentage of full-bodied Black Cavendish, naturally sweet Virginia, nutty burly, and a pinch of spicy Perique, delicately refined with the lovely aroma of yellow plums. All right, so I'm not sure what yellow plums are, but I, when I first opened this tin, I don't know how else to say this kindly, except I was shocked by the amount, by how heavy of an aromatic this is. All right, it just took my nose away. Uh, even doing it right now, and it's been open now, and I've smoked about, well, I'll be honest with you, I've smoked about a, a third of the tin, and it is aromatic. Uh, the other thing that I noticed when I opened up the tin was that the tobacco was really, really moist, yet also this tin can't be that old because it might be maybe a year or two old at the most, uh, but the discoloration of the, uh, of the coffee filter paper is heavy, and anyway, I was, I was just caught, I was caught sideways by it. So I really had to retrack, yeah, you know, re I had to I had to change what I was thinking because the front label says a Virginia Burley Perique. It doesn't say anything about aromatic in it. All right. So anyway, so I smoked it. And I tried smoking it. I dried it down and I tried smoking it again. This is a heavy aromatic and it's it can be made into a medium aromatic by letting it dry down for a while. It does smoke well uh, once you let it dry down, especially it smokes even better. Uh, but I'm going to be blunt, all right? <laughs> I'm just going to be blunt. If there's Perique in there, that's just a waste of Perique because there is so much Cavendish and flavoring going on that I couldn't detect the Perique. Uh, and I tried this pipe in, I, I first tried it in one of my briars and had to, you know, kind of stop that pretty quick. Then I switched over to, uh, I have a couple of Missouri Meerschaum corn cobs that are dedicated to aromatics. And then I tried a new one and I tried a couple other briar pipes and I tried to get it to work for me. And it's a heavy aromatic, all right? It's a good heavy aromatic. And I'm sure if you're looking for that, that's exactly what this is. The, the room note is that fruitiness and that sweetness, uh, and if you're looking for something that maybe, uh, you know, for summertime sitting outside with a bunch of folks by the fire or, you know, a long road trip and you want something that is going to give some flavor and aroma, uh, the problem that I had was I couldn't really pick up any of the tobacco flavor in it. So uh, anyway, that's my review of it on uh, tobaccoreviews.com. Uh, it's got a four-star rating going back to 2015 by Hillbilly08, and he says, It is not often that a mild blend can be complex in flavor and aroma. The blue label achieves that and is a testimony to the blender's care and attention to detail. Freshly opened tinned has the usual high moisture of Solani, but it is not too hard to get going after two charring lights. A uh, shortcut ribbon is easy to pack lightly, which the moisture level requires. Uh, the tin aroma is slightly sweet and hints at honey, caramel, possibly cherry, and some vanilla. The, the tin aroma is the same as the smoke. Yes, it is sweet, but with no excessive cloying. Perique is only just noticeable on t 
top of re, on top of reliable. Uh, Honest Cavendish in Virginia also present in a burly only on a, on an occasional hint here and there. There is no bite and no bitter end of the bowl either, which is common with cheap aromatics. A well-structured, satisfactory, and well-behaved blend with enough complexity and character to please any aromatic lover. Now, here's what I'll note. Uh, he smoked it in a Stanwell 9mm filter. It does not say if he smoked it with the, fil- uh, you know, with the filter in, but anyway, he did, he did give it four stars and uh, called it mild to medium. Uh, on the other hand, on the other side, uh, Mike Hagar KJ from 2017 writes, um, atrocious chemical apple smell and taste, and that's pretty much it. Very little tobacco taste. Reminds a lot of heavily flavored, low-quality water pipe tobacco that um, dumbass teenagers smoke to mask and overpower any natural flavor. A- a- anyway, to say the least, uh, he didn't like it. And there, it got a bunch of two-star ratings. So I was surprised taken back by it but if you're looking for a high quality aromatic you know this might just be one for you it's um not one for me and uh, and again like a couple of weeks back when i talked about the captain black platinum where you got a little bit of the sweetness the artificial sweetness but you actually got tobacco taste and tobacco flavor well this is the opposite so there you go salani blue and in just a moment my conversation with jason smith <laughs> This is Internet Radio. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell & Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey we are back on the pipes magazine radio show and joining us for another one of those uh, the journeyman pipe smokers the ones who made it past the first year or two stuck with it for a couple of years and now has become part of uh, i guess i guess it's all become part of who you are and what you are uh, but joining us is uh, Jason Smith. Jason, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right. So let's get to know you. Where did you grow up? What did you want to be when you grew up? Has it happened? <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, the have I grown up is very debatable. You might want to, <laughs> I guess, asking other people would get you a better answer. But um, yeah, I'm a born and bred Midwesterner. Uh, born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio, and with the exception of about a five-year stint where my wife and I lived in Austin, Texas, um, we've been here our whole lives. So uh, that's where I'm currently at now, and uh, what I want to be when I grew up. When I was younger, I remember this really vividly. For a long time, I wanted to be a dentist, and then uh, figured out that that was a 
long and expensive uh, path. So at, at some point, I deviated from that um, reality and uh, <laughs> didn't didn't stray too far. Eventually, made it into the the quasi medical field. But yeah, that's where that's where I'm from, and uh, that's what I wanted to be. Could you please explain to me what the deal is with Cincinnati chili? I don't get it. I, you know, I, it's one of these things like, um, born and raised here. I, I grew up here. There's a very specific like personality type of a Cincinnatian and a Midwesterner. You know, you spend your whole life like, um, going to the beaches in Florida and, and, uh, you know, you don't stray too far away. And then my wife and I, moved to Austin, her, her work took us there and it was like the blinders were lifted off. <laughs> so like pre, pre uh, Austin, I was like eating Cincinnati style chili, like once or twice a week. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, calling it chili, uh, is a disservice to the name chili. It's like a, it's like a finely ground meat sauce, uh, liquid that, uh, people in Cincinnati put on, uh, hot dogs and uh, spaghetti and then copiously cover it with uh, grated cheddar cheese. Uh, but anyway, went to, we moved to Austin and uh, when we moved back, I was kind of like, you know, I don't, you know, it's like the slow push of the plate back towards the center of the table. Like, I don't really think that uh, I enjoy this too much anymore. So um <laughs> I can't defend it as well, uh, despite the fact that I'm being here. I Like I said, I, I think I just went to Cincinnati Chili Rehab for a couple of years in Austin and came back, and I'm just not into it as much anymore. <laughs> I had it one time, and I was looking at it going, wait, this looks like just ground beef topping of some sort, but okay, so I did it. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, yeah. when, when, did, when did pipe smoking come into your life and how? Yeah, so um, growing up, like like a lot of people uh, have discussed on the podcast, um, they had someone familiar that was a pipe smoker. For me, that was my uh, paternal grandfather, and he literally, I I never remember seeing him without a pipe in his mouth. Right. And uh, whether it was lit or unlit, it just was always with him, um, some sort of Graybo or K Woody billiard with uh, a melange of aromatic tobaccos, and uh, he he had it in his mouth so much uh, that my dad has a picture of him swinging a golf club with a pipe in his mouth, and he <laughs> told me a story that um, my my grandfather and my dad uh, worked together, and they were machinists, and they built uh, lathes, not not wood lathes. Uh, but like metal lace and my grandpa, he was telling me one time my grandpa was lying upside down on his back, a fixing machine from underneath. And he was trying to use his Zippo to light his pipe upside down. Uh, so that's, that's how much he, he smoked a pipe. So for me, it was like super familiar. It wasn't um, anything crazy. So I had been around that uh, my whole life. Um, when I turned 18, 19, I got, uh, this like, uh, the late nineties, kind of the cigar boom had already, yeah. ha had already happened, but it had really expanded. I got really into smoking cigars, but, uh, only very occasionally. And then I think 
sometime in like the early 2000s, I was on a trip and I was in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. There's a tobacconist there called the Gatlin Burlery, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And is literally is like a goof with my friends. I, for like 50 bucks, I bought um, an Italian basket pipe and then they sold like two ounces of four of their aromatic blends. <laughs> and, you know, like hanging out with my buddies, we're all, you know, having a good old time may or may not have had some alcoholic beverages, but, no. um, <laughs> smoked the, the aromatic and, you know, as a, as a cigar smoker, there's really not a whole lot of techniques. So, you know, did what everyone does, burned your tongue. And just remember thinking like, what the hell is grandpa thinking? This is terrible. <laughs> um, but weirdly I never threw any of it away. Like I, I put it down. I didn't, I didn't touch it again. Uh, for like, for literal years, uh, my family, all the men in my family, whenever we get together, whether it's for Christmas or like summer barbecues, we all have a cigar and, um, it's, it's something we've done for, since I, I basically was, have been an adult at, at some point, I want to say in like the late two thousands, like, um, early 2000 the teen years i don't know what we call those but <laughs> yeah. um yeah i i picked it uh i picked the pipe back up and and like occasionally would smoke um those aromatic blends like amazingly 10 years after i purchased them they were still soaking wet um <laughs> but I, I think i tried some carter hall and i was like okay i think this is i think this is okay like to do every now and then, but I still prefer my cigars. They're, they're easy. I don't have to think about it. And then like slowly made a couple of eBay purchases and, um, and then it just kind of took off from there. I wouldn't say if I had to recall, like, um, in anticipation of, uh, having this conversation, I want to say sometime in probably 2012, 2013, it switched from being like cigars were my thing to the pipe was my thing. And then, kind of took off from there accelerated uh rapidly from there so it was kind of a it was kind of a gradual transition or a gradual i guess getting a grasp of the pipe and gradually switching over yeah absolutely and for me and this is something that i've really thought about um until very recently um in my pipe smoking journey if you want to call it that smoking a pipe has been a very solitary uh, activity for me. So it's something I would kind of do on my own. I'm not like embarrassed by it or anything. It's just like, I, you know, Friday, Saturday night, um, you know, my wife wants to watch her trashy TV shows after a hard week of work. I might go out to the garage or on the back porch and have a pipe. And that, that's just kind of how it, how it's been for me. And I, I never, like YouTube and things like that were in its infancy. I, I, I don't know if I'm not smart. I just never thought like, well, I'll go to YouTube and see if I can find videos about technique. I just was kind of figuring it out on my own. Yeah. And, um, it, it was very gradual. I, I still smoke cigars, uh, not nearly as often. I'm, uh, but, but yeah, it basically went from like, if I have four cigars a month and one pipe, over the course of like a couple of years that went from, well, maybe I'll have a cigar every other month, but most of the time, if I'm 
taking time to relax or enjoy myself, I'm going to, I'm going to do it with a pipe. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Cause for you, it was a solitary activity. So you probably thought everybody else was just quietly doing it in their garage and, you know, didn't, you didn't even think to reach out to the, uh, onto the social medias or the technologies and, and look to see if there are there other people like me out there. It honestly, it's, it's so funny because it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I'm 43, so I'm not, I don't consider myself like old, but I'm certainly not yeah. young. And I, I never once thought to myself in all those years of smoking a pipe, I was like, I'm sure there's people out there smoking a pipe, but like, I, I never see them, whether here in Cincinnati uh, or when we lived in Austin. Um, like, I just went to the tobacconist and they had bulk tobaccos and I bought those bulk tobaccos and I just smoked it myself. I, I never want, like I said, I never <laughs> once thought like, well, I'll go online. There's this whole like online forum of community of like people and there's all these videos and showing you how to pack a bowl and how to do this and how to do that. I, I literally... I, it just never crossed my mind. Again, I I yeah. was like, well, I'm going to take my pipe and take a book or I'm listening to a book or I'm watching a show. I'm just going to go out. And like I said, while my wife has a glass of wine and watches some Real Housewives of terribleness, uh, <laughs> I can um, I can just like enjoy myself. And, and that's how I operated for it's kind of like two parts of my pipe smoking career. There was the part where I'd like transitioned from cigars and just smoking a pipe. And I was like, I, I smoked one blend. I had like four or five pipes and then, um, something happened. Someone met, I, I was in a shop and someone mentioned something and I like went online and I was like, Holy crap. Like <laughs> my eyes exploded. And, uh, from that point forward, that was kind of like the second half of it where, um, my like learning accelerated the blends I wanted to try accelerated my seller accelerated like every it just went off the rails at that particular point in time I, I still enjoy my pipes in a more um like just just me smoking a pipe by myself on my back porch or in the garage uh but yeah it's a little bit a little bit different now that's a perfect place for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll have more with Jason. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike. And our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan. And for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning to managing our store to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mielefalje, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with the Real Housewives hater, Jason. And um, 
you know, listen, I, I, I watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. You know, that's kind of our compromise around here. So we don't hate on anybody that enjoys whatever they enjoy. Um, but all right, Jason, so your, your wife's not listening. Um, how many pipes do you have now? So this is vacillated. I have, I've really kind of narrowed my focus. Um, I have, um, I don't ever own more than 24 pipes. Um, like a lot of people that you have on your show of a younger nature, it, you've mentioned it even recently. I, I don't smoke a pipe, a pipe all day. Mm -hmm. um, a pipe is something that I enjoy, you know, once, twice a day. Um, sometimes more than that, sometimes much less than that, but it's just an occasional thing. And for me, um, you know, if you just do the math, you're just not using them that often. So right. I kind of, and I, I do this in other aspects of my life. I'm like, I'd rather buy, I'd rather have a, a few quality items, uh, than have a hundred, uh, like mediocre items. So it's like buy nice or buy twice sort of thing. So, um, that's where I'm at. And I'm very happy with kind of like the stable of, of pipes. And I, I go through periods where here recently I, I, I'm, I'm amazed at how cutthroat I can be because here very recently, <laughs> I think I sent like three or four pipes off, uh, for various, uh, estate considerations and things like that. Cause I'm like, I'm just not reaching for it. And even though it's a really nice pipe with a really nice name stamped on it, if, if I'm not smoking it on a regular basis, then, uh, off it goes. And that just makes makes more room for my for my next uh, acquisition so so what happens if you get to the point where all 24 of them are ones that you really like you really enjoy you've got memories with them they're special <laughs> and you want to add the 25th what happens then my uh my uh hubris will allow that exception to take place so i'm sure that i this is not a hill i'm gonna die on brian i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure the next pipe show i'm at and i know i'm sitting at 24 but i see something that i that i just have to have it's definitely going to get purchased we'll we'll make it happen i i store the reason i say even use the number 24 is um i work for an optical company and so um throughout the year they'll have sales of their product uh, for the employees and um i have they were given away for free like uh some sunglasses cases like display cases and so they're they come in uh boxes of 12 uh or like for 12 sunglasses so that's where i keep my pipes because yeah. it's in like a padded protected thing so listen if i need more that my 24 can then become 36 and then i just won't go above 36 <laughs> Right, sure. We'll, we'll check <laughs> see back. how flexible this becomes. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll check back with you in a couple of years and see if that thirty six is a forty eight. Um, yeah, yeah. I went through the same thing. Uh, how are you? Did you? Uh, all right. Did you explore around all the different styles of tobaccos and kind of hone in on a on a sweet spot, or are you kind of lucky that you can try that you can smoke all different types? No, no, I, um, much like my taste in pipes, I, I did explore a lot of different things. I, I felt like it was worth exploring. So like with pipes, did the whole 
Dunhill thing, did the whole Costello thing and, and um, some, some other uh, avenues there, specifically with tobacco. The, the tobacco that I smoked for years, when I was in my um, cave of pipe smoking before I was enlightened, before I had my Martin Luther moment and was enlightened to forums and um, pipe shows and all the like, um, I only smoked Dunhill My Mixture 965, and it, it hit all the right notes for me. I smoked the same tobacco all the time. And uh, the the ironic thing now is uh, I, I cannot I, – something has happened. Uh, I cannot do Latakia anymore. Um, and I'm pretty much a dedicated Virginia, uh, Virginia Burley or, or Vapor guy. Uh, occasionally as a break, I'll do like a, a Virginia Oriental blend. Um, but it cannot have a lot of key in it as a matter of fact. And I, I know a lot of, um, people don't do this, but I, I was, I tried some GLP's Laurel Heights, which mm -hmm. is like a Virginia, like a really nice stove, Virginia, but it has like the tiniest amount of Latakia in it. And I could, I could taste it and it was driving me crazy. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I don't know how soon I'll be able to get through that ten. But for the most part, if it's uh, if it's Virginia, uh, Virginia Perique in a flake form, I'm probably a fan of it. <laughs> uh, what? How big is your cellar gotten now, and how are you? How are you adding to it? It's aggressive. Um, <laughs> it's. I am. Uh, I will say this. Like I'm in incredibly fortunate in my life and that um you know i i have the means to to do things and i to, to make purchases but i i i'm kind of a a, a detailed oriented um, person who keeps track of things and i and i always have so i have a pretty aggressive seller especially for someone who smokes as much as i do i can tell you that um, I have managed to kind of adjust it. So when I, I first started, I, you know, I'd smoke something, I really like it. And I'd be like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to buy some of this and, and not so much to store it. It just made sense to me. Like, you know, prices are always going to go up on everything. Yeah. You know, I really like this and might as well buy a lot of it. I, I never even thought about the aging potential of it. It just made financial sense. But then as I've, I've really grown and explored more and smoked more blends. Some of those earlier blends that I thought were really great. I kind of went back and, and, um, resampled and I was like, well, this isn't a bad blend, but I like these other blends better. And so kind of have shifted off some of those blends to make room. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, if, if I don't like it, I, I think the, the interesting thing is, is, um, I'm very, my wife says I'm very decisive. I either like it or I don't. And, um, I, yeah. I can say even, um, like very recently I was like sampling some McClellan 5100 that I had, uh, purchased at a, at a, at a store in Austin when we lived there and I hadn't smoked a lot of it recently and I just smoked some and I said, I think this is like a good tobacco, but I don't know that this is my tobacco. And so like I, shifted some of it off uh to a very fortunate individual so um you know in that regard uh i i just like yeah, this is i'm i'm 
I think this is good quality. I can understand why this is so many, uh, why this is on so many people's bucket list. But for me, it just wasn't um, doing it, and I wasn't reaching for it much. So I, I shifted around. The seller is aggressive, like I said, uh, but I, I definitely make accommodations for for future acquisitions. So you're you're kind of doing the same thing with the tobacco that you're doing with the pipes. You're you know if it if if it's not going to be the uh, if it's not going to be an absolutely perfect fit for you, you're not afraid to to move it on and search for the next thing. Yeah, I think I think like for me, like the way I look at it, and again, I'll, I'll say like my interest in the hobby, my nerding outness in the hobby, my attendance in pipe shows. Uh, has all really accelerated in the last five years. And I think in regards to pipes specifically, what I've learned is there's always going to be another pipe. And there's so many times where I'll go onto a retailer's website and I see something that I really like, but maybe I don't have the finances for it right at that moment. And by the time I do, it's gone. And that used to really bum me out when I was earlier in the in the process and I, I've just learned with this particular hobby that there's always going to be another one. Like you've never yeah. really, I'm never, I, I just told you like, I'm pretty close to my 24 limit. I think I'm at 22 right now. And I'm always just like, uh, I'm real close. I don't need anymore, but I'll be darned if my web browser doesn't go to the same three or four, pipe re- retailers every time I know drops happen because I'm, I'm interested in looking I, I, I love looking at pipes, uh, pipe shows are the best thing for that because you get to see them and there's just, there's always another pipe. I, I will be yeah. at Chicago this year. I am insanely confident that I will be walking out of that show with a couple of pipes because there's always a pipe in, and in some (laughs) ways like uh, with tobacco, it's becoming kind of like that too, where I know that this is like a reoccurring topic. So I'll, I'll just brush upon it lightly of like people, well, this limited edition drop happened or this happened and I didn't get any and blah, blah. I I almost want to tell people like, just wait. You know, it's good. <laughs> like something else is going to come out like just kind of the nature of of where we are in this hobby and and how it is is operating so um yeah i i can afford to be that cutthroat because part of my brain is like well you cut this loose you're going to find something new and exciting that you're going to fall in love with two yeah. months from now anyway so uh let that let that go and be someone's exciting purchase knowing you've got another exciting purchase just right around the corner. That, that's kind of like my, uh, the, the relief I feel when I see a pipe and I'm not a hundred percent sure about the pipe. Yeah. And then I go back and I look and I see that it's sold. Then I'm like, okay, good. You know, I don't have that quandary in my head anymore. Cause I was 98%, but I wasn't a hundred. Okay. It's sold. I still have the money. Yeah. I, I still yeah. get to do more shopping and exploring and searching. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's, it's interesting. And, and I make mistakes like all the, all the time. Like in my, I remember, uh, there's a, there's a, a, just a gentleman. He doesn't have like a storefront or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to pipe shows. There's always like the actual retailers that have like a very professional setup 
And then there's like individuals who are just like, I, I might do this on the side or I have a really large collection that I'm looking to pare down. So they have their selections out in front of them. And it's funny because I, I was really interested in a particular maker. And so I saw that there was a pipe there and the shape and the weight of it and the dimensions were all off. Like everything about it was like, Jason, don't buy this. But it was right. made by a maker that I really wanted to try. And so I didn't buy it at the show. It was in Chicago last year. I go home. I become friends with him on Instagram. And I'm like, hey, I, I just can't stop thinking about it. Send it to me. <laughs> I buy it from him. He sends it to me. Wouldn't you know, Brian, I get it in the mail. And I'm like, this, this pipe doesn't work for me. Like, it's a great, yeah. I, I literally smoked it once. And I was like, smokes great absolutely awful in every other way from my like personal what i like and um and a and a pipe and a shape and everything else and we worked out an arrangement for basically <laughs> sending back to him uh <laughs> but like even in that regard it's just like oh well like it's just lesson learned and some people might be listening to this thinking to themselves like oh what an idiot and other people it's just like oh it, it just goes to like Something will come around, and sometimes you can even fool trick yourself into thinking, well, it wasn't that bad. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that happened to me. Yeah, where you, you were so enamored with the name stamped on the pipe, but yet the pipe itself was not for you. So. Correct. And that's like the another, like I said, the experience of owning – a decent amount of pipes and then similarly like turning them over is I've got it dialed now to where like, I know exactly what I'm looking for. And so I know the dimensions, I know the makers that I like, and it's just a matter of finding that. And so that's also part of the fun. And that's also what I look really forward to. Um, I, I mentioned a couple of times already. I can't, uh, you know, I took your advice, uh, and, and while I was listening to the Pipes Magazine radio show and getting caught up on old episodes when I when I came out of the dark, <laughs> and uh, I went to the my first pipe show in Columbus, and I I met you there. I yeah. met Neil Osborne there, uh, uh, and met several other people. And then I went to Chicago uh, the following spring, and that's the benefit of going to a show versus me someone who's always had the interactions on the website um from a purchasing perspective there's a lot more to the show than uh, just yeah. purchasing but um being able to really see dimensions and and things like that it it really helped me kind of tone tone in on exactly what i like and um what i don't like that's like me walking up and sticking my finger in the bowls of all the pipes that i'm considering because i'm using my finger measurement, but all right. I, uh, I offered you guys to ask me a question or two, anything you want to know. So now it's your turn. Fire away. All right. So I, um, two questions. Mm -hmm. One, there's some assumptions built in. So after I ask the question, if the assumptions need to be adjusted, it could lose its effectiveness, but I'm, I'm drawing on your person that I know has a lot of industry experts, expertise and a lot of experience so I'll, I'll i'll start with my very long-winded question and knowing that there's some assumptions built in one of my like personal bugaboos 
uh, about our hobby is people who kind of make what I believe are completely unfounded claims. Yeah. And probably the my number one unfounded claim is that such and such blender doesn't use quality tobacco. So I kind of thought about this in a more systematic way and wanted to put it to you. So if there's in the entire world, if there's literally only a handful of blenders and those handful of blenders are buying leaf from a handful of distributors and or growers, is it more of an issue of how a blending house treats those tobaccos and how they process those tobaccos than it is an issue of underlying overall product quality? Does that question make sense? It's you've got you've got two uh, you've got one part of the equation in there, and and okay. solving solving the equation is solving for well. I'll try to I'll try to act smart and talk mathematically here. <laughs> it won't work, but I'll try. Um, mathematically, there's a there's an unknown of how does the uh, how does the tobacco manufacturer or the blender how do they age process and store or age store and process their tobaccos? Um, what additives do they use? The other part of the equation is how does the consumer receive that so i'll use for example uh, because this discussion came up recently here at home uh, there's like three different kinds of you know fast casual uh steakhouses you know there's lone star roadhouse and i don't know what the other names are but yeah, there was a discussion about how somebody likes Lone Star Steakhouse better or whatever the heck the name of it was. Uh, they're all buying cow. They're all getting cow from the same basic places, really. It comes down mm-hmm. to how do you perceive what they do to it. So it goes back to finding a perfect, uh, a perfect marriage or a perfect match. Um, I don't like saying that there is bad tobaccos there are tobaccos that are and there are tobaccos and there are ways that are less and processes that are less appealing to me um i you know if i if i were to really piss people off which i do on a regular basis you know i would say all latakia blends are bad um but here's the thing that i've been trying to pound through to people for 10 plus years now uh, it's not what it's not that it's bad. It's just that it doesn't work for you. It's not appealing yeah. to you. It's the difference between Austin chili and Cincinnati chili. They're different styles, and which one appeals to you? Uh, which one works for you? And the and and this is where pipe smoking can be highly frustrating to people. Is that there are so many variants on the manufacturing end. And there's so many variants on the consumer end that there's unlimited combinations and you have to work and try to find those that work best for your, for you. So did that make sense or kind of somewhat answer what you were talking about? Yeah. And I, I think overall I have, you know, um, I asked that question with kind of an overall, my own assumption. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, uh, a, you answered it and B, I think we've, we park our cars in the same garage. It's not, 
maybe not an um, an issue of product the the quality of the underlying things that make the product. Maybe it's just the way in which the product is put together. Yeah, you might not necessarily like there's, my my. Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, I I see a lot of people in the world that if they either a don't understand it or b don't get the branding or whatever it may be, maybe they can't afford it. Instead of saying that it's out of their range or they just don't get it. They decide to say, well, it must be bad. And that, and that's, yeah. that's the cheap, easy way out. You know, so I don't like, I, I don't, I don't like some of the, you know, I, I don't like all these super fast, fancy Porsches and Ferraris and Lamborghinis and stuff. It doesn't mean they're bad. It just means that I don't like them. It's just not a yeah. thing that trips my trigger. So, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Well, this is a this is a, a more of a personal question, mm-hmm. so please feel free to um, either answer or choose not to, or delete you've it. You've been doing, <laughs> or delete it. Yeah, um, you've been uh, you've been doing this this uh, pipes magazine radio show for a long time. Yeah. It has served individuals like myself a, a huge service in that. Uh, I've learned so many things. I've been entertained. I've enjoyed uh, shaking my head no when I've heard things I don't agree with. Uh, but <laughs> you, you've done this for like a, a decent amount of time. Like, what do you see as the future of this pot? Do you, are you just like, you can pry this microphone from my cold, dead hands? Or do you think yeah. at some point the the podcast ends? I, I don't want to be, uh, I'm not trying to scoop anything. I just am. I'm uh, curious as to what your overall thoughts are on where the podcast is and where it's going to go. Um, the, the the thing that's important to remember is that everything ends. Yeah, everything that begins ends. For me, as long as there's people that are still listening, and as long as people are still sitting down with their pipe and getting away from the world for an hour and are enjoying listening to it and i see the numbers uh as long as there's still people that are listening it's to me it's a privilege to be able to be a companion for that hour that you know for that hour of time that i ask of you each week and as long as i'm still invited into your into your heads you know the good news is about the podcast is it's really not about the pipes or the tobaccos it's really about the people in the pipes and tobaccos world and there's always interesting discussions to have because pipe smokers are really interesting people on you know on a whole and we're all we're we're all some kind of special and, uh, and I know there's, I, I know there's more of them out there in the, you know, that are hiding in their garages thinking that, God, I'm the only one that does this. It's amazing that that store stays open just for me to sell, you know, to buy all this stuff and, um, you know, so keep it going and keep talking about the people and keep talking about the thing that we enjoy. So I really don't see an end in sight. I would imagine if I drop dead tomorrow, I don't know if Kevin would want to keep doing the show. So uh, you know, if Kevin drops dead tomorrow, I don't know if I'd want to keep doing the show. 
so there's a whole, you know, there's all those variables and, you know, maybe someday we'll just come up with uh, mind broadcasting where I can just sit here by myself and send messages to everybody's mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. I will agree with, I do agree with you. Um, it was interesting. I, I had gone to Columbus in 2021 mm-hmm. and that was like my first official pipe show. And then I followed it up by going to Chicago last year. And uh, they're both excellent experiences, both very different experiences. But my like one uh, takeaway from it was like, it, it was just so, I hate to use the word energizing, but I don't know yeah. any other way to say it. Like it was so energizing to be around so many people who enjoyed the hobby. Like I said, my, my perspective, even to this day, it's, it's kind of like a solitary thing. Uh, but like to go to Chicago and on a Friday night where you're in the tent, uh, of course I, I had never been to the ones that pheasants run, but to, to be in, in that tent, every chair is um, taken and you see people that you recognize. And there's a whole heck of a lot of people that you don't and uh, the conversations and, the, and everything that took place it I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, we, most of those conversations were not talking about pipes and tobacco. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was great. I highly re- recommend that's my plug uh, for anyone <laughs> who is newer, older, a journeyman, uh, whatever the case might be, go to a pipe show. Uh, it is uh, incredibly worth it. So basically what you're saying is, as I've been telling people to get to a pipe show all these years is I wasn't lying. You're, you a hundred percent were not lying. And I, um, I tend to be, um, uh, this, the nature of this podcast might not bear that out, but I, I tend to be a pretty reserved person. Um, if I don't know you and I, I very, very distinctly remember, being incredibly like nervous going, yeah. as silly as it sounds like walking into the tent at Chicago. And I like actually did a couple laps around it. Like, I don't know if I should go in, or, you know, <laughs> whatever. I, ju- I just drove six hours from Cincinnati, I'm, you know, in anticipation of this, but I kind of don't know. But, uh, I mean, once I sat down and, and started talking to people, like, it, I think there are people in there that could talk to a post. So, um, it <laughs> yeah. was, it was it was great. So um, it's it's a fantastic experience. I can't I can't recommend it highly enough. And on that note, we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. What is your favorite pipe? Favorite pipe is a sandblasted J. Allen Labot. And if Jeff li- listens to this show. If he happens to bring a natural blasted paneled Lavat to Chicago, he will have a ready purchaser for that particular product. And what is your favorite tobacco? Favorite tobacco is uh, Sam Gay with Best Brown Flake. And what is your favorite drink? Uh, black coffee in the morning and uh, tea in the afternoon. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? A book, and it can be physical or audio books. I enjoy both. And then finally, favorite pipe smoking related memory? 
Yeah, I've mentioned this uh, on uh, various. Uh, I've mentioned this on various occasions during this conversation, but um, the the Friday night I came up to the pipe show in Columbus. Yeah. Uh, like I said, that was my my first pipe show. I randomly sat down uh, next to Neil Osborne, and uh, we're sitting there talking. And I'm like, uh, that's a really nice pipe. And he's like, oh, this this is a Yes Conovitz pipe. And I'm like, you want to hold it? And I was like, not really. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to have to write you the check or Venmo you or Zelle or whatever uh, the amount of money for it. But um, it, it just was so cool. He, he spent the whole evening talking to me. And then other, other people came in and sat down and... Um, just like openly sharing uh, amazing expensive tobaccos with each other. It was, it was really an awesome experience. It was a very pleasant evening. Uh, we were not covered. And then uh, later in the evening, as I was uh, dipping out, I, I ran into one Brian Levine and had a conversation with you. And, uh, and uh, that was it. And that's a, gr- a great memory that'll uh, live with me for a long time. And talking to me for a few minutes, you said, that's it. I'm out of here. Um. <laughs> that's it. I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. Uh, yeah, I was preparing for a marathon. So I had a lot of miles to run the next morning. So <laughs> I had to, I had to make my way back to Cincinnati. Jason, thank you very much for coming on and doing this. Thanks. And we'll, uh, and we'll, we'll see you in Chicago too. So uh, don't Absolutely. bring, don't bring any Cincinnati chili with you. Absolutely. If, if I could bring anything, it would be Texas barbecue. I would love to bring that. Well, I live in North Carolina, so we won't get into that. But uh, thanks again, and <laughs> we'll be back in just a minute. My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. The pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection, or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, give us a call at one 888 Three six six zero three four five, and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are smokingpipes.com. This is Internet Radio, and we are back on the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. And like I said, I'm an idiot. Well, I'm not an idiot. I'm just somewhat disorganized. And uh, <clears throat> and for last week's show, I should have played this. And uh, as uh, as Kyle, the pipe professor, said he was a percussionist and a percussion student and teacher. And he said, so anyway, he sent me a recording from the Moorhead State University Percussion Ensemble's live performance of Dialogue Poteau, which I'm probably uh, Poteau Mardern by William Smith. Um, anyway, he's, as I butcher the name of it, uh, he said he's one of the 10 percussionists playing on this recording. It's all percussion instruments. It is nine minutes. I did trim it down so that you get the, uh, you get the last three minutes or so of it, which I think are the, uh, most impactful. So here you go.
you go. The Moorhead State University Percussion Ensemble. And uh, remember, that's there's no no strings or plucking or anything. That's all uh, hammering and banging and beating on stuff with uh, sticks, mallets, and all kinds of other stuff. Check your mailbox, you moron! And remember, mailbag comments or questions, best way is to email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com, or post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on pipesmagazine.com. Uh, just like Dino and Casey Ghost do anyway. And uh, going back to last week's show, Dino says, a very good analysis in Pipe Smoking 101. Professor Kyle was a delight, well-spoken, humorous, and thoughtful. I liked his explanation of how his musical timing helped in smoking cadence and his distinction between cigar and pipe smoking. Uh, quite an interesting cover of Smoke on the Water. <laughs> if you like this, you're going to love Luna Lee's cover of the Korean... Uh, I'm not going to pronounce that word uh, on uh, also on YouTube. Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. Uh, thanks, Dino. And uh, the word is G-A-Y-A-G-E-U-M. Uh, something Korean. Sorry. And then Casey Go says, on your comments regarding a tapered bowl, I must confess that I loathe a tapered Dublin-style bowl. I would love to... Uh, I would I would have that sucker on fire in no time with my usual method of pipe smoking. I have great difficulty in slowing down my cadence, and in a Dublin, it would be impossible. So it is U-shaped for me. Uh, Kyle is a very educated gentleman who speaks well of the piping hobby. I've been listening to, to Kyle for uh, quite a while and generally find his show most pleasant. I did get irate with him for describing one of my most favorite tobaccos as being totally unworthy of smoking. <laughs> I mean, I smoke the tobacco every day, and he totally badmouthed it. <laughs> for some reason, I have elected to forgive him because he is generally a nice person, but I have my eye on him, lol. Uh, the music was strange, but it but it was tolerable. <laughs> Thanks, Casey Ghost. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Casey Ghost put an LOL in there. Uh, seriously, he did. Uh, and then uh, Magnolia Piper says, uh, this week's music selection is a banger straight fire. All right, there's a young guy. And uh, Matt RVA says, I really enjoyed getting to know Kyle better. I've been watching his YouTube channel for a while now. Thanks for another great podcast. And you are welcome. And uh, Rick Three Wood says, Brian, great show. Seems like an hour of your show goes by fast. Really enjoy it. Kyle has good videos, and he seems like a nice guy. His 700 tins and 40 pounds of bulk and 101 pipes is staggering in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Red52 says, uh, Really good show. I was happy to hear Mr. Andrew let out the secret of Evan Williams' Bottled and Bond. It is a staple at our house. I hadn't seen his YouTube channel before, so now I have... Uh, now I have one more thing to distract me at work. I have family in the Lexington area and in that part of Kentucky, and I'm in that part of Kentucky often. Maybe I'll run into him sometime and we can have a bowl together, Jason. Yeah, let him know. And then uh, J.M. Smitty 6 says, Brian, great show with a very engaging guest. I had not heard of his YouTube channel, but might check it out on the balance of the conversation. Uh, I like revisiting the Pipe 101 series as well. Seems like newer folks or not-so-newer folks could benefit. Uh, sorry that you now have to get regular injections for the psoriasis. Have a great day, Jason. Yeah, thanks. Um, hey, but it's making me feel a lot better. 
And then uh, James, or Piping OCD in Sacramento, says, I really enjoyed your chat with Dr. Kyle Andrew. He isn't too far from where I went to high school in the metropolis of Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, I was excited to see that you posted who has already booked tables at the Las Vegas International Pipe Show, and you've recently updated the list with more tables. Can't wait to watch the list grow. Take care, James. Yeah. Um, yeah, so as people book their tables, we're adding them to the list of tables on the website. We did that last year, and we'll do that again this year. Right now, I think we're around seven, uh, somewhere around 70 tables sold. So that's really encouraging. Greatly appreciate that. And then finally, I forgot who asked, but uh, somebody asked about the sale prices of the three pipes from the Battle of the Briar. Uh, I talked to Jeff Grasick, and he said they brought about ten, about a thousand to eleven hundred dollars total, with Tommy's pipe getting the most. Uh, he wasn't sure how else they really broke down, so it might be like you know four hundred, three hundred, three hundred, something like that. So uh, anyway, nice pipes. Um, Comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, rant time. Missouri Meerschaum Company has been continuously handcrafting authentic corncob pipes in the USA for over 150 years. They carry over 55 styles of cool smoking corncob pipes, colonial area clay pipes, and affordable hardwood pipes. From exciting new pipe and tobacco releases to accessories and more. Missouri Meerschaum Company is a must-see at www.corncobpipe.com. Missouri Meerschaum Company, authentically original, authentically you. Thoid Flora Men's Clothing, suits, shoes, ties, trousers, cufflinks, going up. I beg your pardon, but on what floor might I find the luxury tobaccos, pipes, and accessories? Well, I'll tell you, pal, if it's those things you're looking for, you need to visit tinbids.com. Ah, yes, of course. You mean the Pipe Collector's Auction site, right? That's right, Mac. You can buy and sell pipes, accessories, and vintage and hard-to-find luxury tobaccos. You know, just like you were saying. So I can sell my pipes and tobaccos, too? Why, that's just fine. Yeah, you bet your life, buddy. So, what'll it be? Can you take me to the floor where the computers are, then? What's a computer? Visit tinbids.com, the Pipe Collector's Auction site, and sign up today. here was strange this weekend how do i mean by strange i mean memorial day weekend the end of may and it was a high of 61 and got down into the 40s at night and one night and it hasn't been hasn't been above 70 for like five days now because it's been raining and cloudy and cool and windy and the weather has been weird uh, i remember a couple of memorial day weekends where we were it was just blistering hot already and summer was in full force uh and the reason i mentioned that is because the weather being weird you know 
made some changes to uh, what I was planning on doing this weekend because uh, certainly wasn't going to the race and all the rain and the race got postponed and can't and put off to Monday and yeah and it was still kind of misty and rainy and stuff but you know hey listen the weather is what it is and don't complain about the weather just learn how to adjust to it learn how to make up for it okay uh, you know if your plans get canceled yeah find alternate plans figure out something else to do that will entertain you uh there's always a uh, you know there's always stuff on youtube or there's podcasts that you can listen to haha like this one um I, you know but the weather being weird will make a change to what your plans are and you just can't complain about it i don't want to hear people saying oh it's global you know global warming that caused this cooling weather no it's you know climate change that did that but at the same time we didn't even hit the record low for uh, for this area, but it was just weird weather. Uh, now the one thing that it did do was I opened up a tin of Virginia tobacco, getting ready for my warm weathers. And, uh, you know what? It wasn't warm enough to sit outside and smoke it. It hasn't been warm enough for it. So I just had to close the tin back up and put it away and wait another couple of, you know, wait another week or two and it'll be warm. And then somewhere down the road, I'll be complaining how hot it is. So there you go. Don't complain about the weather. The weather is what it is and just make the best of it. All right. Comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. Check out all the information about the Las Vegas International Pipe Show on vegaspipeshow.com. I'm sitting here looking at a bunch of really good stuff that was donated for the JDRF auctions. So more information on that when we get to get it ready and get ready to send it off to Steve Fallon. And thanks to all of you that sent stuff in. Uh, thank you to Jason for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until bomba next time. clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy I'm not even sure if our host was ever younger. <laughs>